Welcome back to yet another um, How Is This podcast, another co-produced podcast, in fact, with the Yada Yada spoken word open mic group. Uh, that group, as you will now know, is led by Alice Godber, and Alice is there on the screen right in front of me. Hello again, Alice. Hello. How are you? Have you had a good fortnight? I'm, I'm doing well, yeah. I've had, uh, had quite quite a good fortnight. Uh, it's been... It's been... Pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> Every day the same, isn't it? Every day. I, I can't believe it's a fortnight since we last got together to record one of these podcasts. I've actually been really rather busy. Can't believe it. I'm just stuck in my house and yet I'm, I'm probably busier than I've been in quite some time. Let's do yeah. a couple of shout outs uh, just before we start um, r- recording um, with, with our, our gathering of poets. Pete, if you've listened to the podcast before, um, Pete has been in both of the previous Yada Yada podcasts. Not feeling on top of the world at the moment, but I'm sure Pete will be listening in. So, Pete, hope you get better soon and you'll be in the next podcast, I'm pretty sure. And also, uh, let's do a little shout out to uh, someone that's become a good friend of the podcast, actually, Joe Hakeem, uh, the uh, presenter of Culture Night on BBC Radio Humberside. He's been giving us a shout out um, for each of our last podcasts letting people know we exist. Uh, so thanks, Joe. That, that support's really welcome. And uh, we love your show as well, of course. We'd like to tune in. So, Alice, what have you got lined up for us this evening? Or I should say, sorry, Alice, who have you got lined up for us this evening? <laughs> um, so this evening I've got... Um, I- I'll be reading a small piece myself. Uh, then we have Esther, Gina, Rachel and Tom. Uh, so, so this uh, piece that, that I want to read uh, this evening is called Escape This Year. I want to escape this year. I'm struggling. Motivation. My project, my art. It's my process. It helps me grieve. But for now, put on hold. Unattainable. I want to escape this in me the fault I cannot finish have I let you down so much time I will find a way but for now I will wait and imagine of escaping from this year so uh, I wrote that piece uh, a couple of days ago when uh, I was panicking about my project um, my art project because uh, I was told that that it was a possibility that I might start something new and then um, so I spent quite a while panicking about it and that's when I, I wrote that uh, that piece but after I wrote it I, I felt a lot better actually and I think it's something that quite a lot of people especially now you know they're having days where they're feeling exceptionally down up and they're worrying about you know their work jobs um, socialising and I just found that by writing it writing about my worries it it helped me I sort of come to the conclusion as well that I'm not gonna not gonna let it um stop me from what what I want to do and my project it'll it'll take longer for me to complete it but I will complete it <laughs> thank you we're all finding these uh, challenges, aren't we, in lockdown and having to sort of fight through them in, in different ways. Do you think perhaps lockdown is a little bit more difficult for really creative people 
because we're all sort of stifled and we're having to be in the same four walls. Are you finding that? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, um, yeah, you know, you, you find that you don't have the right materials and it's a case of well, where do you get some of these materials? Like I, I need I need wood <laughs> for my bottle that I'm building. And so, you know, that's something I need to think about. But then also I, I was wanting to build an installation, which was a life-size room of uh, my dad's old office. And so I can't, I can't build, I can't build that inside my house. I'm not, I'm not sure how I've managed to get around that. So that's obviously something that I'm going to have to wait until we get back to the studio and I'll be able to finish it then, hopefully. I'm getting the impression some of your neighbours' fences might disappear. I did look, I, I did look and I thought that could work. <laughs> <laughs> well, needs must, needs must. <laughs> exactly. So, Alice, would you like to welcome um, our first um, reader that's joined us? Um, up next, we've got Esther. Hiya. I've got uh, two um, today, and they're basically, it's about, um, I've had trouble with uh, alcohol, basically, for the last couple of years, and I've been recovering from it. I've been doing really well until, you know, the um, current situation, the lockdown and stuff, and it's kind of, uh, basically brought that problem back up, back up again. Um, so it's been a bit difficult trying to sort of uh, cope with that along with everything else we've got to cope with. And um, yeah, so th these two I wrote uh, when I was actually really quite um, inebriated. And then the second one I wrote um, several hours later. So this first one's called Dear Flesh. When it comes to tasting the burned-off waste of stars, I'm the one, brother. I don't mix poison with a temper. Let that sweet corrosive kiss breathe fire throughout every fibre. I drink the howl of bloodied eagles and the rough hide of vultures. I drink the dour breath of hyenas and the death throes of whales. I drink the sulphur shed by elephants, wilting storms in the bush. I drink the refuse of civilization, lamenting the discovery of joy. I drink the years of pain and the days of total fire, the floods and freezes, the hurricane might of a planet screaming in agony of its cultured swine. I drink all of your towns and cities blue, sleeping in opiate bunks, or green with yelping pleasure at distraction. Drink up health and home and cry, and I'll drink up the rest. Any detritus you care to hide, place the tattered, embarrassing mementos in my mouth, and I'll swallow it gladly. I'll drink to every one of them. I'll toast to discomfort, to ruin, to dysmorphia. Always too hot or too cold. Feel it rubbing soreness tenderly. In the harmony of uterine teaching, I'll take an early rest. So the second one's called Glass Jaw. Returning to the ring with King Juice, heaviest he's ever weighed, pound for pound dynamite with that killer right hook Open fast with a few jabs, shot, swill, measures get ignored. Right ankle wobble, then the left. Swill, dribble down and leave the scent on pillows, nightgowns, your own chest. Slip against the ropes, that hook's winding up, bottle based in sight. Last shot, cough and look away, then. Face smashed against the iceberg. A speeding train formed into a single hit, right there, out of body. 
Earthly forms don't matter. The hook sends you blind into the vacuum. The most damage you do is be alive. Sagging, broken jaw lolling on the canvas. Why did I fight? Why did I choose the champ, the killer? But there's no count, no time limit. One bout to last until you slump back outside. King Juice always ready. A perfect record of losing. Thank you. Quite incredible openness there from Esther. Thank you for sharing that with us. Are you finding that putting pencil to the page in lockdown is helping you to cope? Um, I don't think it's helping me cope, but uh, it's sort of, um, it's letting me write down things that I've not been able to write down before. Uh, my problem with alcohol got that bad last year or sort of like leading up to when I um, got it sorted that I found it really difficult to concentrate on anything. And that meant that uh, I couldn't read books or do a lot of things really because I, I literally just didn't have the attention span. So I wouldn't be able to write at all um, when I was having my trouble. But I did manage to write a sonnet at the time and then um, I managed to uh, get myself sorted and sort of like get my brain back really. <laughs> so it's it's really, it's, I've never managed to write whilst I've been drunk, basically, um, and had the awareness and the sort of the ability to actually write it down. But writing it down itself, I don't think it sort of it helps cope. Um, maybe in retrospect, maybe I'll sort of like look back on this and think, you know, at least I've I've written down what I experienced at the time, so it can remind me. Uh, that's the that's the problem with sort of like alcohol as well. You you quickly forget the pain that you go through which is a bit weird. Like you would think it would stay with you, but it doesn't really. Yeah. <laughs> Esther, thanks for sharing. Thank you very much indeed. Up next, we have Gina. Hi, Gina. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, well, I've, I've written uh, what I'm going to do tonight. It's just a few poems based a little bit on a... a, a, a sort of poetic journal a bit of what I've observed really I guess through um through the lockdown the first one is called um yellow blues and it was actually written in response to I belong to a group called Sutton Flame actually in Beverly I don't know if you've heard of it the poetry group we have a theme a month in Beverly yeah the Tiger Inn um, so it's on the um last Thursday of the month actually that it normally meets in normal times and um, there's kind of a theme, and the theme for the last one was yellow. So this was just a little short one that I wrote with that in mind. So it's called Yellow Blues. Yellow Blues. Yesterday we could go out, but everyone's lives have been halted, lurched into lockdown by coronavirus, like a gear being jerked out of control. When will it end? And if you write that down, you've got yellow down the side of each line. It, 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 the first word of each line spells yellow. There's a special name for that, isn't there? Is it acrostic? Yeah, I can't remember it. There is, is a an special a, name. An acrostic? I don't know. Yeah, there is a special name for it. And I, I did one of those at a workshop last autumn. Um, it's Spurn. And I quite like them. They're quite short and neat really so I think 
Anyway, the, this one I'll, I'll read to you. I actually wrote um, on Sunday, which I think was yesterday. So it's called COVID Sunday. COVID Sunday. Blue sky. Clouds scud southwesterly on a COVID-19 Sunday. At the bottom of the garden, birds tweet, camouflaged in an overgrown blackberry bush. It's their landing pad, a disguise, a safe house on the flight path, perfectly positioned overhanging a fence and the garden shed. Chattering, tweeting, a shake of feathers, quiver. An enemy, alien, cat stalks tail up along the fence. A feline leap, they scatter. Pause. A twitter of thrushes return. Then there's a flap and a squabble, a frither of feathers and flight. Now gardens are silent, but the bee still drones. I'll just do um, another one on the theme of yellow, which is called Bitter Lemon. This self-isolation is as bitter as a lemon, yet its juices run as sweet as a community river of kindness. Bands of volunteers create a rainbow of hope. This self-isolation is as bitter as a lemon. Just like butter melts, normality has lost its luster. Its hue has faded. It is a tough trek to the reservoir, to the well, to draw water. It echoes, draw deep, draw deep. And in the spirit of hope, there is the glint of a rainbow, a dancing daffodil, a bumblebee. This self-isolation is as bitter as a lemon, yet its juices run as sweet as a community river of kindness. In the ebb and the flow, there is new life. On the horizon, a rainbow rises. And I'll end with the study of mint. The study of mint. Socially isolated, I study mint. I caress its soft velvet leaves and devour its fragrance. Rubbing the leaf, I taste the past on my finger. That hand once held my grandmother's when we picked mint from the clump in her garden. Homegrown mint in an enamel pot. Chopped with precision in her scullery, its fine leaves mixed with sugar and vinegar, transformed into mint sauce to accompany lamb for the Sunday roast. Lockdown unlocks memories. The tiniest spark thaws a flame a panacea of colour, scent, a back-in-time moment. Cement, touchment, and granny's there, at my side, recaptured in love as we learn a new language of social distancing, self-isolating, shielding. Lockdown closes doors, but how many does it open? Thank you very much, Gina. Um, just listening to that last one, uh, when you're sort of recalling memories of your grandmother. Um, a question to you all, really. So when, when you're, you're sort of staring out the window in lockdown, is your mind um, going future thinking or past thinking? Are you sort of really just excited and hopeful about the things you can get back to doing? Or actually, are you spending some time, as Gina has done, 
recalling some really lovely memories from the past. Where's the focus? Where's the balance for you? I'd say that I'm doing a bit of a mixture of both, really, because I lived in Hull for about 14 years and then moved to Cottingham because I've got my mum's side, grandma and granddad. Um, so we want to look after those. And there's been so many times where she's offered for me to come food shopping with her and my grandma and my granddad, and I've like turned it down. So a lot of feelings of regret of moments that I didn't, you know, go and be with my grandparents for the day. But now I'm sat like looking out the window thinking of all the things that I will do. So I'm setting goals of sort of, you know, I've been trying to keep in contact with them weekly and I'm going to just pop around to their house all the time when this is over. Just really appreciate them more. I was going to say the reason I did the, I wrote that, or one of the reasons was I, I get drawn to um, like fragrance and texture with things and I think that can evoke um, a memory and my grandmother always used to, I just associate mint from my gran and it was just because I've got a bit of time now to go outside and quite often with the cats, you can reflect more if you're if you're quiet, I think. So as well as looking forward, obviously, it's an opportunity maybe that you don't always get to be a bit, if you're lucky, to be able to go into the garden or somewhere, be quiet and to, I don't know, maybe reflect a bit and it will kick off a, a, maybe a memory or a feeling or a word. That's how it works for me. Lovely. Thank you, Gina. Um, Up next, uh, we have Rachel. Okay. So um, I'm going to try and do three. Uh, I'll try and squeeze them in. Um, But my first poem is uh, called Sometimes Life is Like the Wrong Bus. And it goes like this. Sometimes life is like the wrong bus. Roads feel familiar, so you sit content but then a wave hits you. This isn't where you thought it went. Fear floods through you and so do the questions. What am I going to do? If only I knew. When's the next stop? I just want to get off. This is your life now, your route, your fault. You have to sit tight and ride it through. You feel sick and don't feel you can go on, but then the bus stops and you get to your feet. You aren't the same woman that first sat in that seat. You rush off the bus to your exciting new destination. And for a moment, you stand and realise, yes, this is exactly where I needed to be taken. And my next one uh, is a very old one. I've not really been able to write much recently, so I'm just digging out a couple of older ones. And this one's called Lost Lover. I passed a rose bush the other evening with just a single rose upon it. Surely this had some meaning. A carcass of what was once a radiant display. However, this rose was not was the brightest I've ever seen. Not red, not pink, just pure joy. I was filled with hope I've not felt since June. It's early autumn now, October the 5th. There's a wonderful brown leaves crunching beneath your feet. Ones that were once glossy and green, high up in the trees, alive and happy. And that's why only one rose remains on this sad display. It made me think about all the hope and happiness I had and now lack of. How this rose hangs its delicate head, holding on for dear life by a thread. Petals fall like tears to the ground without making the slightest sound. But being defiant against all odds, clinging on, trying its hardest to survive and thrive, just like I, 
I push through each day and put on that brave face you're supposed to, like my life is okay. But when I get home, I slouch and I slump because I deal with the mind like an abandoned dump. Time to time, I roll up my sleeves and think, let's sort this mess, let's make it clean. But when I try to untie the knots I've created, more form when I'm left more deflated. So now my head may droop a little when I walk, or I may stutter my words when I try to talk. But it's because my mind has no more room left for thoughts. Thoughts I can't solve. Thoughts that won't dissolve in my glasses of wine, like they used to. See, my brain likes to make toxic friends and invites them back to stay, giving me more reasons to feel drained until at least the end of the day, when I finally let go of that tight grasp and drifts off into the sweet night, relieved of this pain at last, losing sight of all these concerns. I will dream of sweeter days I still have yet to learn. And then just do one more short one if I've got time. It's called Pills. And I wrote this because I, I have quite a few like little medical conditions and I take quite a few bits of medication a day and it, I just get a bit fed up with having to take it all the time. So I thought, why not write a poem about it? So yeah, it goes this way. One for this, one for that. Ones that are small, ones that are fat. You, so many you carry around a pill caddy. People always asking why you take so many. People pull faces when you take your doses. Four in the morning, four in the evening. Four down the hatch without a single feeling. Take them daily, but take them mainly to feel better. You would think it'd be all cleared up and that it wasn't all too much. But on those days I forget to take my pills, you'd think I'd turn green or grow a set of gills. But I just simply fall into a dark ocean of sadness, slowly drifting into a small moment of madness. And on those days I forget my pills, I remember them tomorrow or you will feel worse. It's like living with some sort of curse. See, some of my pills, they do make me forgetful. So I end up speaking the same sentences about how I just boiled the kettle. My poor brother, he knows all about the meat pie because within about an hour, I must have told him four times. But he smiles and says thank you and doesn't make me feel a fool because people now realize all it is I'm trying to do is live my life to the fullest and strive in everything I pursue. Thank you. What are people doing um, to make um, well, to make your days different to the day that's just gone before and the day you're going to have tomorrow? How are you making your days different in this lockdown? I'm going on a diet. It's called the keto diet, and it's really hard because it's no carbs but high fat. So thank God for cream. Um, that's allowed. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. So I'm piling on double agony. I don't know if I'd be able to do that, you know. I, I've heard a lot of people talk about that diet, but I, I, I always think um, you hear people say that when they have go and have no carbs at all, they end up getting quite, not angry, but like... Hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, like the craving, but it's like something that they can't help. I don't know if it's something in the carbs. Yeah, well, I know nothing. I'm clearly not a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> My son's a PT, so he's really strict. Um, but we've discovered lots of new exciting recipes that you can you can do, like uh, peanut butter cookies, mm -hmm. which was 
yeah, that was interesting. Made, well, my daughter made them, I didn't. Um, but yes, we discovered how to do those. And you can do quite a lot of uh, dark chocolatey things with cream. It's got to be like 80% dark chocolate. Dark chocolate's really good. It's, it's like really, the really strong stuff anyway that you said that's like 80%. So I think you know, you seem to be answering my question by saying you're just sort of looking forward to eating different things on different days. I am certainly. Well, I will be glad to get back to chips. <laughs> I'm doing so. I've got. I've developed a really bad habit actually in lockdown, which initially sounds really good. So I I cook a big pot of something, but then I end up eating it almost all in one <laughs> sitting instead. <laughs> So I don't think I'd be very good at your keto diet just at the moment, Gina. <laughs> I do that as well, Jerome, but it, it's getting better. It's actually got better because uh, usually, like before the lockdown, my, my brother do, goes to uni in Sheffield. So he's usually over there. So when I usually when I cook, it's just for me. And so I find it really hard just cooking for one person. But now, but now, that, he's, but now that he's back, I'm finding that it's fine now. But I've got... I've, I've got Half of what I would have usually had. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've turned this into a cookery podcast of food. <laughs> <laughs> Draw us back together, Ellis. Who's who's performing for us next? Right. So last, but by no means least, uh, we have Tom. Yeah. Thanks. Nice to be. Nice to be here. So I've got two works again today, um, uh, similar to last week. Um, one of the um well the first one's called wind through the cages um and i really like I, this sounds quite a shallow thing for for a sort of a writer to say but i'm i'm really inspired to write by titles <laughs> so i normally write by uh i normally start writing by writing a list of potential titles and the ones that sort of mm, the ones that stand out for me are the ones that get written so um yeah this one's wind through the cages Write something to me. Your words are like the wind through the cages. We were sisters and strangers in a lonely city, I know. I'm just too far away for your dreams to reach me, so I want to tell the full story. It goes on for ages or through screwed up pages, I know. Sing something to me. Your voice is one that echoes through the ages. A death trap evaded, long gone ghostly and faded like me. So I'll ignore the words that were crossed out. That only makes me want to read them more. Write something to me. Your words are like the wind through the cages. You were sisters and strangers in a lonely city, I know. It doesn't have to be so empty. It doesn't have to feel so empty. The next one is called uh, a Lousy Turncoat. <laughs> Okay, uh, use your charm and openness as a cloak and let them in on this joke once you were a lousy turncoat without doing harm to the ones you wish to provoke. With clean candor you spoke of the times you were just a lousy turncoat. Louise Bourgeois' levels of betrayal burning up inside and trails and the untraceable work done in dreams. It always seems there is something you cannot nail. It always fails upon awakenings with your heart impaled. Make a land grab for the many states of boredom 
annexed and violently taken from the clutches of a tyrant and a lousy turncoat. In the eternities of all the night forgotten, the lumps found at the bottom, they won't float up on a lousy turncoat. Use your charm and openness as a cloak, your expectations without reasonable hope, once you were a lousy turncoat. So, Tom, this idea of writing the title and making a list of different titles before you actually sort of get down to writing them, well, a difficult question for you here then, really. What's, okay. do you, what do you think is the best poem you've never written? Um, well, I don't, I don't know, because that, that, it doesn't really happen because the, the ones that don't get written are the ones that are not good. <laughs> but do, do you ever? <laughs> and how I decide, how I decide, how I decide which is good and bad, I, I, I'm not sure. That maybe, maybe that title is a good title on another day. I don't know. Do you, how long do um, you keep the lists for? And how you, do you go back to lists that you made a month or two ago? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I have sort of um, little scraps of paper with with titles written on and maybe maybe on any given day that might be the one that that, get, that gets done so um yeah it's not it's not a i try not to make it an organized uh process <laughs> that, that, uh, that was probably an unfair difficult question to throw at you like that but that was a <laughs> okay, very convincing fine. answer though thank you thomas uh, what about it's the okay, rest of thanks. you how do you get into that writing frame of mind where where do you find your, your where do you find the first word the first phrase comes from all, all of mine usually um they they come from um experience so if i'm feeling really like really strongly about something that's that's when I start writing and then I almost I just write down what's in my head and you know I, I could maybe do four five six drafts just before I even really know what it is that I, that I want to be saying um but I, so so I guess I sort of write it a bit like a diary in some ways and and from that is how my poems start. <laughs> what about the rest of you? How do you how do you get started with your poetry? I'm usually inspired by either I'm watching some poets on YouTube or, you know, I've stumbled across a page on Facebook or, you know, I read some poetry. Like, I'm a massive fan of Philip Larkin, so sometimes I'll just sit and read some of his work and, and then, you know, you start get the feeling for it and you just want to sit and spew a lot of words out. <laughs> I was just going to say, I know what you mean. I know what all of you mean. And I know what um, Tom means as well. Because I sometimes I'll hear a phrase or a phrase might pop into your head or you hear a phrase that somebody says, or it might be just a line on the radio. And sometimes you've got to sort of, I don't know, stop the car and write it down. Just even if it's like three words and it can sit there for ages in in your head or written down like um ages ago I wrote one about my granny was 100 when, when it was 100th birthday and I'd got this phrase about the girl with the Madeira smile and that just like found its way into that particular piece so it's yeah it's all, it's all sorts of things for me it's definitely the landscape 
and the environment play. I'm a big, big believer in, in using that as a stimulus. I love these podcasts. Um, I say that the last fortnight has really just rumped by for me. But these podcasts, this is our th- uh, third, isn't it now? Uh, they're, they're sort of the, yeah. the, the, the pin on the calendar for me. They're giving me some sort of stability, really, a reference point in this lockdown. Uh, we've covered some great topics again tonight, uh, food and drink. Rachel, you just mentioned uh, you're listening to some YouTube videos of poets. And of course, there's yeah. there's lots of online activity taking place at the moment. So are there um, other groups like us that have sprung up in the last two or three, three two or three weeks that you're you're actually tuning back in with each week? Usually when I like stumble across these posts, because I'll just be like scrolling through my newsfeed on Facebook and then I'll stumble upon one. I usually listen to um, just like slam poetry. I, I think there's I, like lost all the names I've ever known, but I think there's a website called um, Button Poetry and I listen to some mm-hmm. stuff on there. Um, but yeah, I, I just get in a wormhole, as you all probably know, where you, you watch one video and then it suggests another and then you just on and on and on. Three hours later. But Button Poetry, I think that's a website. Don't quote me on that. There is, yeah, but I, I go on that one as well. Another event, um, well, um, Away With Words, that um, poetry group in Hull, um, they held a, a virtual open mic night uh, last week and it was really good, actually. I, I watched it. I watched it all and it was a... Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was done quite differently. So it had the host and he, instead of it just being the videos one after another, um, Jim went in between each video and introduced each person. And it, it, it sort of made it feel, you know, like you were at an open mic, yeah. which was, it was nice. Yeah. Away I enjoyed it. Words. I think he's planning on doing another one in May. Away With Words were some of the first poetry events that I actually started attending. I can remember photographing Jim Higo and others oh, quite a few years ago now. So a little shout out to you, Jim. You're still going strong. It's great to, to hear that you are. Um, thanks again to everyone that's taken part this evening. Thanks to Alice for uh, getting us all together in the same Zoom room. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Uh, do make sure that you're following all of the correct social media. Alice, remind us where people can find Yada Yada. Um, so on Twitter, we're called Yada Yada Open Mic. And on Instagram and Facebook, it's Yada Yada Spoken Word. And I've been Jerome Whittingham, editor of the HullIsThis.news website. You'll find us across all social media at HullIsThis. Uh, thanks for listening. It's been really great to be in your ears yet again. Stay bright until next time. We'll be back in about two weeks' time.